Part 2 of Manchester Poetry Edited by James Wheeler This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Poems by Mrs. Fletcher The Sea Boy and His Sister The Sylvan Brook Passing Away The Aspen Leaf Stanzas Written by the Seashore Dirge for a Dead Painter The Flight of Xerxes Reader's Note Much of Mrs. Fletcher's work was published under her maiden name, Maria Jane Dewsbury. The Sea Boy and His Sister What shall I bring thee from the isles? Whither our vessel goes? Bright are the seashells scattered there, more bright than the English rose. And dust of gold and diamond may be bought where points are prow. Some shall be thine and mine ere death. But what shall I bring thee now, sweet girl? But what shall I bring thee now? Fear not the sea, thou timid one. My master and king is he. And I brook not a word of treason heard. Not a word, though it come from thee. Nine weeks and a day have I dwelt on land. Summer sports and labour seen. I am sick of the flowers. I am tired of the trees. I long for the shadows on ocean's green for the smell and the foam of the seas. Let me go, for my heart beats thickly here, not more drowsy thy wheel than I, but one touch of the ropes, one breath of the gales, and less light shall the dolphin ply. I am weary to death of landsman's talk, my friends all tread the deck. But I love thee, sister, and ere I go, say, what shall I bring thee back, sweet girl? Say, what shall I bring thee back? I go, my brother, first and last that ever bore such name to me. Go while the courage, ebbing fast, remains to bid farewell to thee. I've watched thy boyish years unfold. I love thee as a mother now. Yet go, for restless dreams have scrolled the name of Rover on thy brow. Think not I blame thee, thou art kind, hast left me in this cot at ease. But, oh, thou canst not make me blind to the deep perils of the seas. Thou speak'st of them with pleasant tongue, thou say'st thy heart and home are there, but oft I think with spirit wrung, thou wouldst not if I were not here. An orphan with a pallid cheek, a frame, too, somewhat overworn. Enough, the heart is slow to break, and sorrow comes but to be born. The hardest is to see thee go thus in thy youth, time after time, to live upon thy toils, and know, for me thou wearest out thy prime. Yet I must think thou lovest the sea, twould madden me to doubt it long. Love I the deep, now credit me, I love it with a love as strong as thou myself. It is my joy, has been my home, shall be my grave. I tell thee, Tempest scarce alloys the bliss, the triumph of the wave. So what shall I bring thee back, dear friend? So what shall I bring thee back? Bring back to me, said the gentle one, that which no caves may hide, that which the deep sea cannot quench, thy love, no gift beside. The Sylvan Brook Whence comest thou, O Sylvan Brook? And whither flows thy lisping wave? From yonder mountain's heathery nook, And many a mossy bank to lave. 
small yet embracing smaller rills, the dancing daughter of the hills, nameless to me, yet not unnamed by others as thou leapst along, but sweeter far the accents framed by thine own wild and murmuring tongue, for fancy on thy pebbled beach his lovely legends in that speech. Young lookst thou as if born to-day, yet tell'st thou immemorial tales of deeds and manners passed away from these dark hills and bloomy vales. Yon church and you that old appear have risen both since thou wert here. Old peasants pass thee with a staff, old peasants with long silver hair, long since thy waters heard their laugh and knew their feet as children fair, yet here hath age but seeming sway, tis thou art old, bright thing, not they. The shadowing oak whose turf-clad root hath been so long the angler's haunt, and village minstrels with his flute preparing for the Sabbath chaunt. That aged oak, that patriarch tree, is but a child in years to thee. The fields and banks that bound thy path, they of the ancient earth have changed, the landmark and the harvest, hath the lord and serf been oft estranged. The memory of most is gone, thou, as of old, art smiling on. The sighs of grieving hearts are fled, the hopes and vows of lovers, where? I see the household of the dead lie near me, and I answer, there. Forgotten there a thousand lives, the tiny rivulet survives. Yet be it so, dear sylvan brook, and flow along as heretofore, and let each heart, as in a book, read in thy bosom tales of yore, and sing thou on till sun and moon fall from the heavens, thy own sweet tune. Flow on and bathe each wilding flower that lives and dies and lives again. Flow on, blessed by the vernal shower and morning dew and summer rain a little emblem of that river which flows in paradise for ever. Passing away The things we enjoy are passing, and we are passing who enjoy them. Archbishop Leighton I ask the stars in the pomp of night, gilding its blackness with crowns of light, bright with beauty and girt with power, whether eternity were not their dower and dirge-like music stole from their spheres, bearing this message to mortal ears. We have no light that hath not been given, we have no strength but shall soon be riven, we have no power wherein man may trust, like him are we things of time and dust, and the legend we blazon with beam and ray, and the song of our silences passing away. We shall fade in our beauty, the fair and bright, like lamps that have served for a festal night. We shall fall from our spheres, the old and strong, like rose-leaves swept by the breeze along. The worshipped as gods in the olden day, we shall be like a vain dream, passing away. For the stars of heaven and the flowers of earth, from the pageant of power and the voice of mirth, from the mists of morn on the mountain's brow, from childhood's song and affection's vow, from all save that o'er which soul bears sway, breathes but one record, passing away. 
passing away sing the breeze and rill as they sweep on their course by vale and hill through the varying scenes of each earthly clime tis the lesson of nature the voice of time and man at last like his father's grey writes in his own dust passing away the aspen leaf i would some instruction draw and raise pleasure to the height through the meanest object's sight by the murmur of a spring or the least boughs rustling gee whither i would not be a leaf on yonder aspen tree in every fickle breeze to play wildly weakly idly gay so feebly framed so lightly hung by the wing of an insect stirred and swung thrilling e'en to a redbreast's note drooping if only a light mist float brightened and dimmed like a varying glass a shadow or sunbeam chanced to pass i would not be a leaf on yonder aspen tree it is not because the autumn seer would change my merry guise and cheer that soon full soon nor leaf nor stem sunlight would gladden or dewdrop gem that i with my fellows must fall to earth forgotten our beauty and breezy mirth or else on the bough where all had grown must linger on and linger alone might life be an endless summer's day and i be for ever green and gay i would not be i would not be a leaf on yonder aspen tree proudly spoken heart of mine yet weakness and change perchance are thine more and darker and sadder to see than before the leaves of yonder tree what if they flutter their life is a dance or toy with the sunbeam they live in his glance to bird breeze and insect rustle and thrill never the same never mute never still emblems of all that is fickle and gay but leaves in their birth but leaves in decay chide them not heed them not spirit away into thyself to thine own hidden shrine what there dost thou worship what deem'st thou divine thy hopes are they steadfast and holy and high are they built on a rock are they raised to the sky thy deep secret yearnings oh whither point they to the triumphs of earth to the toys of a day thy friendships and feelings doth impulse prevail to make them and mar them as wind swells the sail thy life's ruling passion thy being's first aim what are they and yield they contentment or shame spirit proud spirit ponder thy state if thine the leaf's lightness not thine the leaf's fate it may flutter and glisten and wither and die and heed not our pity and ask not our sigh but for thee the immortal no winter may throw eternal repose on thy joy or thy woe thou must live and live ever in glory or gloom beyond the world's precincts beyond the dark tomb look to thyself then ere past is hope's reign and looking and longing alike are in vain that thou deem it a bliss to have been or to be but a fluttering leaf on yon aspen tree stanzas written by the seashore one evening as the sun went down gilding the mountains bare and brown i wandered on the shore and such a blaze o'er ocean spread 
and beauty on the meek earth shed I never saw before. I was not lonely. Dwellings fair were scattered round and shining there. Gay groups were on the green of children wild with reckless glee and parents that could childlike be with them and in that scene. And on the sea that looked of gold each toy-like skiff and vessel bold glided and yet seemed still while sounds rose in the quiet air that mingling made sweet music there surpassing minstrel's skill the breezy murmur from the shore joy's laugh re-echoed o'er and o'er alike by sire and child the whistle shrill the broken song the far-off flute-notes lingering long the lark's strain rich and wild i looked i listened and the spell of music and of beauty fell so radiant on my heart that scarcely durst i really deem what yet i would not own a dream lest dreamlike it depart twas sunset in the world around and looking inwards so i found twas sunset in the soul nor grief nor mirth were burning there but musings sweet and visions fair in placid beauty stole but moods like these the human mind though seeking oft may seldom find or finding forced to stay as dews upon the drooping flower that having shone their little hour dry up or fall away but though all pleasures take their flight yet some will leave memorials bright for many an after year this sunset the dull night will shade these visions which must quickly fade will half immortal memory braid for me when far from here dirge for a dead painter a tribute to the memory of the late henry liversiege death grim death when shall we see this broad earth no more thy city grave deep grave when shall it be thou wilt close thy lips in pity when shall love's subduing prayer when shall genius yet more rare mind and worth in blended beauty woo ye from your cold stern duty when shall sweetness win back one never never he is gone yet swift hunter couldst not give summons ere the heart was stricken grave that on death's prey dost live could thy hungry silence quicken into no foreboding knell ere the unconscious victim fell could ye not give leave to plight farewell ere his day grew night might not sorrow's need have won ye were ruthless he is gone yesterday scarce yesterday bright dreams through his brain were flowing and his hand with cunning play to the world those dreams were showing yesterday and in his eye fame had writ her prophecy sealed it on his flexile lips now in dark and mute eclipse could not genius save her son wherefore question he is gone speak not of his fragile form and his often painful pillow what may longer bide the storm than the delicate drooping willow he was loved and love can do feats physicians never knew with its boundlessness of care mighty hope and fervent prayer hush oh hush love's power is none it is weeping he is gone dust to dust now 
dust to dust, then we leave his dwelling lowly, not another sigh we must, if it be not meek and holy, who's the arm that smote him down, who's the hand took off his crown, God alone omnipotent, calling back what he had lent, come then friends, and be each one, better Christian, now he's gone. The Flight of Xerxes I saw him on the battle-eve, when like a king he bore him, proud hosts in glittering helm and grieve, and prouder chiefs before him, the warrior and the warrior's deeds, the morrow and the morrow's meads, no daunting thoughts came o'er him, he looked around him, and his eye, defiance flashed to earth and sky, he looked on ocean, its broad breast was covered with his fleet, on earth, and saw from east to west his bannered millions meet, while rock and glen and cave and coast shook with the war-cry of that host, the thunder of their feet. He heard the imperial echoes ring, he heard and felt himself a king. I saw him next alone, nor camp, nor chief his steps attended, nor banners blaze, nor coursers tramp with war-cries proudly blended. He stood alone, whom fortune high so lately seemed to deify. He, who with heaven contended, fled like a fugitive and slave, behind the foe, before the wave. He stood, fleet, army, treasure gone, alone and in despair, while wave and wind swept ruthless on, for they were monarchs there, and Xerxes in a single bark, where late his thousand ships were dark, must all their fury dare. Thy glorious revenge was this, thy trophy, deathless Salamis. End of part two.